0: Hey guys, welcome to the Speak Strength podcast. My name is Jason Winley. I am your host. And today I have with me Mrs. Janet Bowen. She is a preschool teacher at Gateway Baptist Church. And she was my son's preschool teacher. And we've started training about two years ago. It'll be two years in May. And I've been really impressed with the way she conducts herself and her passion for education and what she does with the students. And I was really impressed with how Austin ended preschool going into first grade. So I wanted to bring her on so we can talk about some of the conversations we've had in the past. And Janet, if there's anything you'd like to say to introduce yourself, go on ahead.
1: Well, uh, good morning, um, because we're doing this on a Saturday morning. um, And I'm just excited to see what I can share that might be helpful to some of you out
0: there. Cool deal. All right, so just to give you guys a heads up, Janet went from teaching high school to preschool, and now she's been in the preschool for 19 years. Janet, can you tell us a little bit about your transition from going to high school to preschool, or maybe uh, what your educational background was in the beginning?
1: Sure. So I graduated from Columbia College um, back 30 plus years ago, and um, began teaching uh, at Gilbert High School. My major was special education, but my certification was K through 12, I actually, did my student teaching right here in Lexington Five at um, Nursery Road Elementary School. So, and that was at a kindergarten classroom. It was in a kindergarten kindergarten resource room. So you have a mixture of children in there. Um, so from there, um, I was hired at Gilbert High School and started in the fall of '89, and uh, worked there for five years. While there, um, I was a cheerleading coach. Um, because all new teachers get assigned whatever <laughs> task someone else doesn't want to do or what's open, and that's just kind of the way it fell. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, it was fun working with um, the cheerleaders. It was something I was not used to. I didn't cheerlead in high so school myself.
0: We'll come back to the cheerleaders. Let's talk about your – you said you had a – your degree or your specialization was in special ed, and then you went special ed K through 12. Correct. Correct. So did you work with special ed in high school also?
1: I did. So I taught special ed there. I had my own resource room, which was a combination of students who were being pulled out for like one class period a day uh, mm-hmm. to work on specific um, issues that they had, whether it was a learning disability in reading or writing or math. Um, I worked with um, students in the, at the high school level, basically um, need, those that needed to pass exit exams. Gotcha. Um, for high school, that included they didn't know how to write a simple five paragraph or five sentence paragraph or five paragraph essay, either one, whatever they needed to do to get um, past that so they could graduate.
0: So you um, only pulled them out for one class period. I've heard correct. I'm not super familiar with how it goes now in the uh, current public school system, but from what I understand, there's they're in class all day in some special ed classrooms and. I guess that's different than what you were taught. Have you heard anything about what it's like now and then what it was like when you were in high school as far as working with special ed when you were teaching at high uh, school level?
1: It's still both. It, it's still both. I mean, they, they may be pulled out for all day, but they can also just have um, a special ed teacher that is their advocate that's there maybe to retest aloud to them, gotcha. um, which I did some of that also. Um, but then I was also in the regular English classroom for ninth and 10th grade English and where I, in, while I was in that room, I was serving, um, the students that were designated with a specific disability, okay. but I also helped the basic children as far as strategies for learning. So, did you and I find, was there for five years.
0: Did you find it helpful or some of the special ed, um, skills or, um, I'm not sure exactly what we would call it, but stuff do you Strategies. Learned, yeah, strategies. Um, some of the special ed strategies work well for those in a regular class?
1: Oh, absolutely, because these were kids that just needed basic. They needed study skills. Gotcha. They needed um, basic how to monitor the errors in their writing, um, how to write a sentence. And um, just because they didn't qualify under state guidelines for to be have that label of um, being learning disabled or whatever, Um, Yeah. So absolutely it was a help. And that was, that was a trend back then also mm-hmm. is to not label kids as much as possible just because of the stigma that was associated with the label.
0: That makes sense. I can see that. So coming from special ed, doing your, your student teaching at Nursery Road, then the high school, but you said you're only in the high school for five years. What was the transition from high school? What was the next step before you got into preschool?
1: So I had my own children and uh-huh. we stayed. I, we decided that I was going to stay home with them. But when my son, who's now 23, uh, was in the 4K program at Gateway, um, the director there, uh, Cheryl Cavan, uh, knew my background and asked if I'd be interested in a position there and um, wasn't certain about it. But I uh, gave it a try. And again, it gave me um, opportunity to still be with my family right. for most of the day. Um, my daughter was already in elementary school at that time. And then uh, the following year, they were both in elementary school. So I had them mornings where I was working, you know, through maybe one o'clock in the afternoon and then, yeah. uh, was home for them in the afternoons and summer. So,
0: Oh that's pretty and good. the
1: transition was, it was not that hard. Um, it, kids are different, <laughs> obviously four year and five year olds are different than, uh, teenagers. Um, but yes, um. The transition was really not that hard. I mean, it, it for for people that love teaching, if as long as um, I can see some sort of progress, it's different. Obviously, you're teaching alphabet versus uh, writing an essay, right? Um, but it's much the same in that um, I really watching kids learn, seeing that light bulb mm-hmm. go off. Um, that's pretty special.
0: What were some similarities in teaching? preschool and teaching high school. I'm, I'm assuming there's certain things in which you know specifically, regardless of whether it's a four year old or a 14 year old, that you can kind of connect with them through certain strategies. Is there anything specific along those lines?
1: Well, um, with special ed, obviously I used a lot of multi-sensory approach, meaning um, they can use as many senses as possible to learn. So seeing it, touching it, um, Hearing, hearing it taught, um, right. watching it modeled, um, but then having a chance for active learning also. As many ways as you can possibly get that, You know, whether it's the letter A, letting them write it um, in sand so right. that, that there's tactile there. Um, watching you model it, hearing you talk about it, um, just the multi-sensory approach, whether you're older or younger, because we everybody learns differently. So you try and get as many of those learning styles involved, whether you're four or whether you're 14.
0: Good deal. Did you, what was it like seeing your first set of high school students graduate? (laughs) It made me feel old. Did it?
1: It made me feel old. And the thing with teaching, this is a huge difference um, in the two age groups. Um, When I was expecting my first child, uh, my students all, you know, were like, oh, are you feeling okay today? You Uh know. Is there anything is there anything we could do for you, and if I wasn't feeling well, you know early stages of pregnancy aren't yeah, great right and um you know I could set give them an assignment and then I could try and make it through the day uh mm. with four year olds uh you're on you're on <laughs> from beginning till the end it there requires no, your attention exactly so and but they but they're so forgiving and uh, they want to please you they just they they want to do anything they can uh teenagers not so much.
0: Fair enough. Teenagers may question you or talk back from time to time. Exactly. Not that a four-year-old doesn't, but I feel like you can put a four-year-old True. in their place a little bit easier than a high school student. Uh, True. Um, so let's go back to cheerleading. So were you a cheerleader growing up? How did you get into coaching?
1: I was not a cheerleader, but when I was asked to do that, I wanted the job. So sure, I'll do that we do have to go through extensive training because there's lots of safety precautions. I had to learn how to drive a bus. I had to get my CDL. Um, that was a, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm not very tall, so just it was a, a effort to reach the door to unlatch uh, on the on the school bus. It's little things like that. <laughs> but um, I mean, it was a good skill. Hey, I drove the activity bus. Um, but uh, cheerleading is is uh, is a sport and absolutely. Uh, challenges uh pr- late practices late nights mm-hmm. um games were late it was a whole different thing for me
0: okay, um, deal. so we'll move on from cheerleading because i do want to know you've done really well with my son who's now in first grade and he was able to remember a lot of the stuff a lot of the things you taught him as far as writing and some of the numbers and you did really well are there any particular strategies for preschool that you think will be useful for other preschool teachers who may be teaching or are there any particular curriculums that you think are amazing?
1: Well, definitely the curriculum that we adopted probably eight years ago, um, is, uh, called learning without tears. And, uh, it started as a handwriting program. Uh Um, but it is incredible and it does teach handwriting and numbers and it goes all the way through high school at this point. It started out as like a kindergarten level, um, preschool, get set for school kind of thing. But um, it, it has evolved, and it, it it's incredible. I am I definitely, um, if I were not teaching, I would be an advocate and work for the company. That's how strongly I believe in it.
0: Gotcha. All right, so also aside from preschool, you also help catering. And some of our conversations, they they veer into food. <laughs> I don't know if the right language is, but I guess you have a good palate. I don't know. Tell us uh, one or two of your favorite recipes, something you like to cook at home, something you like cooked for you. Um Let's go there.
1: Well, yes, I have worked with a friend of mine who has a catering company uh in Irmo and um she's quite skilled. Um I've learned a lot from her. I always like to cook mm-hmm. and it's been a passion for a long time. Um I've been called a foodie more than once. Um I'm I, still waiting I for your really own personal enjoy, blog. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy uh i really do enjoy cooking and i enjoy tasting and um but I, it's got to be quality so i'm really picky in a restaurant mm-hmm. um i do i do like to take a night off and go out to dinner but um i usually if i'm ordering out um i'm not gonna order something i would typically cook because most of the time i enjoy cooking. what i make yeah. <laughs> more so than what someone in, in the restaurant business is gonna do But. Um, uh, recipes. I love fish. We, we love fresh fish of any kind, whether it's, uh, salt water or fresh water. We love fish, um, and shrimp. And I kinda, um, build, I'll build a meal around the protein. So okay. like if I'm going to do fish, then it's like, okay, what, um, what carbohydrate would go with that that I would like? So, but whether it's pasta or some type of rice, gotcha. um, and then for me, there's gotta be something colorful green on my plate. So, mm-hmm. with asparagus or fresh any kind of fresh veggies, we I, they're really other than broccoli, which uh-huh. I have a huge aversion to back from a pregnancy. Oh. But other than that, pretty much, um, thankfully, my husband will will try anything yeah. once. Uh, so, well, yeah, I good. don't know. I don't it's, recipes are one of those things for me. My family's always saying, uh, "Can you make that again? Please tell me you have a recipe." I love to pour through cookbooks. I love to watch cooking shows so i'm i can see what others do Uh and then sometimes i just take what i like best out of several recipes and kind of build my own
0: are you internal critic when it comes to uh, watching the cooking shows are you questioning like oh maybe you shouldn't have done that maybe if i add this here it might make it a little better for my taste
1: um yes and no Uh, measurement (laughs) cracks me up sometimes when they tell me it's a half cup and i just see them pouring 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 (laughs) Um, but um, that's why I don't like baking because baking is definitely more scientific. Yep. Uh, cooking Very technical. Um, Cooking definitely I can, you know, taste. It, it is about taste and, and preference.
0: Right. But yeah,
1: I, you know, I may think it, but I'm certainly not gonna voice whatever criticism <laughs> I have.
0: Criticism can be mean if you watch chat boards or if you watch the messages underneath whatever videos come up Absolutely. on social media. People are rough sometimes. Um, so let's go into that transition from being stay at home to going into preschool. How'd you handle that?
1: Um, it really wasn't uh, i I'm a doer. I have to be doing something, so gotcha. even when I was staying at home, I was always doing something
0: so since James I, is already in school, it's really just a matter of you put him in school. For that first part of the day, you were already active, so it really just didn't change much of your uh, routine. I'm guessing.
1: Correct. I would run errands or whatever I had to do while he was in school until I started, you know, working at the preschool. At the preschool. But um, even then, I don't. My days are so filled; I don't know where the time goes. Because I mean, I I do take care of the household. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's I I'm day working out is a priority for me. Good some deal. type of workout, some type of movement, um, usually twice a day. <laughs> and then I've got work in between right. and, um, you know, preparing meals, planning meals, um, taking care of the house. Yeah.
0: And so homemakers
1: don't, don't sit idly or at least this one does. Not.
0: I understand that too. So you've been married, your husband, uh, his name's Brian, correct? Correct. And how long have you guys been married?
1: 31 years in May
0: 30. Oh, that's coming up. That's in a month. That's pretty awesome. So 31 years is a very long time. Obviously, there's been ups and downs. Can you tell us a little bit about the strategies you and your husband used to stay connected and to make something work for that long a period? Because that's an amazing time period. And obviously, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be extremely good times. And you've had two kids.
1: Exactly. So I think marriage, um, it is work. And it's something that it evolves. Right. Uh, You have stages. You have the bliss of newlyweds, mm-hmm. um, but in that even, you have, oh my goodness, we're living together now. You know, he has habits I didn't know about. <laughs> right. um, so you have to learn to live with those um, and work, work through them. And then you introduce kids, and that's a whole other dimension. Oh, yeah. And then for us, you know, raising the kids, my husband went back to school while we were, um, both kids were active in sports uh-huh. after school. Um, he was back in school so I mean I felt like the mom having to do it all that was a very stressful time for us because he worked all day then was in school at night and then you know I would hardly see him maybe two hours a day at the most Oh and yeah um, I was running kids you know all over Columbia for sports so that that was that was probably a really rough time
0: and that was a but it was a time period right almost I guess
1: Yes, it's a season
0: a season yeah and I guess being in a season might seem like it's tough at the time, but you have to recognize that the season will fade and the season will pass. Exactly. Is
1: exactly. So,
0: are there? I think what. Go ahead. Are there any pieces of advice you would give? Anything specific? If you had to say this is one thing for sure you need to, when you're married, this is what it's going to be like. And don't expect it. I, I guess I want to say one, just don't expect it to be the same from the time you got married to the time you traveled through the whole, whole journey. But is there anything that you would say specifically?
1: Well, um, early on, I mean, growing up, I was a Christian. I was a believer and, um, Brian, uh, was new to the faith when uh-huh. we started dating. He was a baby Christian, but, um, He grew and grows every day. He makes it a priority to read every day and and work on his um, relationship um, with the Lord. And that's important for us. So I would say Christ is at the center of our marriage for sure. But um, we also, and I was thinking about this, we read relationship books. Right. There are a lot of good ones out there. There are some not so good ones. And I think of it like when I'm reading a relationship book to work on marriage or whatever specific thing I'm struggling with at at that time, I think of it as, and I heard this from some speaker one time, you're in the grocery store, do you buy everything off the shelf? No, you pick those things that apply to you. So use the grocery store method when you're when you're reading those books, um, only only buy what what it is you you need at that time. Right. You may need the, the other ingredient later right. in, in your marriage or in your life. But for you know, at that time, whatever is speaking to you is probably what you need to pull off the shelf.
0: Gotcha. For yourself as well, too. Not like Correct. S- there's been times, you know, where you read something, you're like, oh, and you can think even your head. Um I'm pretty sure everybody's gone to this point where like I know this applies to such and such person and not myself, right? Like right, this is for them. Right. But really when we read stuff like that, we need to take them in and internalize them and figure out how it affects us. How can we be the better? How can we be made better by what we're taking in?
1: Right. Absolutely. So yeah, so being that and, you know, we made a commitment. Uh-huh. We made a commitment and we stand by that. Gotcha. Now that means at times we have to make compromise. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, We do. I mean, you just have to compromise. And as you're talking about, you know, no kids, then kids, uh, then kids in college and then one kid leaves home. And now for us, both kids are gone. You know, a lot of marriages fall apart after the kids are out of the house because guess what? Now you don't have anything in common.
0: Right. Fair enough.
1: And so, so that's a whole nother stage of your life. And for us, it's been a kind of cool thing. (laughs) Once Mm -hmm. the kids were out of the house, it's like, okay, we, it was like one responsibility that we didn't have to worry about so much. So Mm -hmm. then we could work on us again.
0: That's pretty cool. So you guys can get back into that courting part of your relationship again. Exactly. And and date each other. And
1: and make a, yes, make, make it a priority. And you have to make that a priority.
0: That's pretty cool. So the things I've got so far, we've talked about Christ being the center of your marriage. You've used commitment, uh, compromise. Uh, things change. So I'm guessing you have to change with it, right? Correct. Good deal. So we're looking and
1: then at. The other thing I would add to that is communication. Gotcha. Which there would be another C if you were look, picking out C's. There's another C. I was for going it. with the
0: C's. It was actually kind of cool. We were moving on that. So you said so far, <laughs> Christ, commitment, commitment. Uh, uh, compromise, change and communication. And I would right. call those Janet Bowen's five C's of marriage. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I, the, uh, definitely communication, because, you know, in a world where everybody's on social media and text messages and, you know, text messages are one way to communicate, but sometimes it's not the best way to communicate because uh, I may be putting voice to something that's not in that message. So.
0: Right. The tone matters when we're having communication, uh, like our Absolutely. verbal tone, what you sound like, even facial tone. And, but I would imagine that was kind of the thought too, back when, uh, obviously technology changes, but when phone first came and someone's like, well, if I can't see them, I don't know what they're meaning. Um, and so much more so with text message. Because we can, in verbal, you can at least hear what's going on in their voice. Sometimes that can Absolutely. be mistaken, too. But um, I'm actually really thankful for the ability to be able to see people and talk. Because back in the 90s, the only way we thought about that was through that movie, Back to the Future. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and now we do the exact that's same true. thing with little tiny boxes that we carry in our pocket. It's actually really cool. Right. right. Cool deal. So let's talk about fitness. So we've been training for almost two years. And you're one of the most dedicated people to your fitness. You wake up, you get it done. And then, like you said earlier, you do it twice a day. Tell me a little bit about how fitness became such an important part of your life.
1: Okay, so always active, even growing up. Church Mm -hmm. softball, uh, marched in the band, which, believe it or not, that takes stamina.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um,
1: It really does. You're out on the uh, pavement for a long time.
0: We have a couple... Um, we have a couple of band members here and they're during their band right before competition season, I would call it their band preseason. They are two weeks of 8 AM to almost 8 PM of work, work, work. Mm-hmm. Those guys have to stay in shape. It's tough if you're not in shape and you go out on the, um, right out with the marching band.
1: Right. So in college, um, as most people do, um, put on the freshman 15,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, didn't really like how I looked. Um, I mean, I wasn't fat, but I didn't like myself very much. Mm. Um, but then, um, went through an illness and dropped a good bit of weight and liked myself a little bit better. So then kind of fell into a not so healthy pattern of let's see how much weight I can lose kind of thing. Right. Um, I just had a battle with food. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, and, yeah. um, did you ever find yourself saying if i eat this i have to do this much exercise absolutely gotcha absolutely that that seems and i
1: and in a not healthy way it was definitely a food for calorie exchange constantly a battle in my head like i can't eat. and it wasn't what can i do it it was i can't eat this because i haven't done this gotcha and had a few meltdowns here and there like because I ate something I felt like I shouldn't have eaten and then totally yeah. had an emotional a breakdown gotcha. on that day.
0: Oh man, that's always intense, that's tough. But you seem it to is. have grown through that. Was there anything that you kind of implemented or that did someone come and swoop down and kind of take you along their side? How did that turn out that you were able to get past that process?
1: Um, I had a personal trainer. Uh, well, first of all, I had a doctor who tried to intervene. Gotcha. Uh, She she didn't like what she saw in a year's time. Just going back for yes, yeah, yeah, and she didn't think mentally I was in a good place either. Gotcha. So um, instead of turning to her, I turned to the gym Mm -hmm. and a personal trainer who started putting some goals out there and told me not just to exercise to exercise, but if you're going to ride your bike, uh, maybe you want to race
0: find you know, a race, to sign, sign, sign up too. for
1: a race. Right. And, um, I, w- I had run some. And so I ended up signing up for a triathlon at the time and, mm-hmm. um, had learned how to swim a little bit better and, uh, get through that swim, but, um, love cycling and enjoyed running that led to training for half marathons after that. And I've run several, I, my thing is if I set a goal, I, I'm not going to do it unless i can do it well right so when i when i do get into the training i'm gonna i'm gonna do everything i can to do the best job i can and that's just that's me mentally yep. i mean i just that's
0: who i am so and then after so yeah so after talking with someone who overlaps our circles they they said they remember you had a birthday and when you said hey I am this particular way. Just again, like you said before setting a goal, you said I have to get to this age and I want to be at this particular whatever it was at 40 and that's apparently when you started really getting on to another aspect of your training. Correct. So tell Correct. me more um, about that.
1: 40 was huge. Um it, w- it really was. It, it just messed with my head like I felt like I was getting old, but I didn't want to be old anymore. <laughs> so again, um just training big time, um, lost the weight again. Cycling is an amazing way to lose weight. Yep. I don't really have all the science behind that, but, <laughs> but it works. I know it, it works. Um, but, um, in 2014 I had a fall mm. not not while working out just in the home, I fell and fractured my arm in 15 different places and two surgeries later. Um, you know, it, that took the wind out of my sails. I Fair couldn't enough. go yeah. run. I was lying in the hospital bed asking the doctor, the surgeon, when can I go for a run, uh-huh. which was obviously not possible at the time. Right. But I did get out there with a hard cast on, you know, a Indeed, couple months later, could. but, um, right. But then a couple of years ago, I realized, you know, my training had not been the same since mm-hmm. that fall really. And that's when having met you, I was like, okay, how can you get me strong again? Yeah, uh, to, And that was really my main reason for coming to you. Sure. I, I mean, sure, I'd like to lose weight too. But um, to me, there's a balance between a healthy weight and strength. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm, I, at this point in my life at 50-something, I'm, I'm looking for overall health. Am I strong? Right. Am, at a, am I at an okay weight?
0: Yeah.
1: And am I active every day that's possible?
0: So. That's, a, that's a healthy outlook. You're not – there's only so much – We can do for weight loss. Weight loss can't be a continued goal. It's not a sustainable. I'm always losing weight. I'm always losing weight. I'm always losing weight. And that's one thing you you are able to come through with is and understand that there's to be a point in which I can lose weight and, and I can maintain. And but at some point in time, if I keep losing weight, then I don't I'm not strong. I can't be active. I just have to be able to stay healthy, stay active, stay strong, keep moving, and I can enjoy life and still be healthy, strong, and enjoy my cardio activity as well. It's not an over-the-top look. Uh, I think that's one thing. And
1: that's that's the biggest thing I have learned, honestly, from being um, at Body Shop with you guys. Uh, I mean, you're very encouraging. I'm lifting heavier weight than I've ever imagined I would lift, um, which isn't much. But (laughs) but still, I I mean, I generally feel Mm -hmm. strong. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I still enjoy the cardio, but I'm, I don't feel like I'm a cardio junkie anymore
0: either. Right, you know, there's a healthy balance in that. And, and the way you eat, you eat very healthily, you you do your cardio at a healthy rate and you do your strength training at a healthy weight. Uh, it's been an amazing journey watching you train. So I really appreciate you letting us take the time to train you. Um, I also really appreciate the time. I think we're coming up upon our time right now. Is there anything you'd like to add as we end uh, our conversation today?
1: Um, well, I was just thinking um, spiritually about what's going on right now yeah. uh, in the world with this virus and stuff. And uh, you've given me a verse or two that I've held on to. But I was uh, looking through some stuff uh, this week, knowing we were going to have this conversation. And right. um, I found a verse and I just want to share it. Um, oh, yeah. It's from he- it's from Hebrews. Okay. Um, Chapter 10, verse 23, uh, given what we're going through now, this is, to me, this just really spoke to me. It says, okay. let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Right. And I think in, in this day, yep. um, with all that's going on, hold on to that. Yeah. Um, he's faithful, and um, he's going to get us through this too. Absolutely. So keep him, keep him, um, keep him front. first.
0: Yep. Keep him first. And, be and, faithful. and it'll all be good. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate your time. Um, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you first thing at the beginning of the week.
1: That's right, Monday morning.
0: Thank you guys for watching and listening to Speak Strength Podcast. Uh, Hopefully you guys got a lot of nuggets out of that, and we will see you guys next time. Have a wonderful week.